Kamala's team is jumping ship. Jesse Smollett is on trial for his hate crime hoax. And now you can smoke crack and inject heroin right out in the open in New York City. This is Rob Smith is Problematic. Okay, Problematics, what is going on? It is time to play my favorite game. (laughs) My favorite game is what on earth is happening with Kamala Harris, with the vice president of the United States? What on earth is going on in this White House? Okay, so right now, today, um, we have breaking news that Simone Sanders is leaving her post as senior advisor to Vice President Kamala Harris. Now, if you have been watching politics or if you've been watching any of this stuff, Simone Sanders is a very big name in Democratic politics. She actually was there um, on the Biden team from the very beginning uh, when they started trying to, to, you know, cart that senile old man into the White House, which I guess they were... Uh, successful in doing. Um, But Simone Sanders um, has stepped down. This is a really, really, really big deal. And what this is, is that this is coming um, off of months and months and months of just really bad buzz and really bad things that are going on um, in the White House among, you know, Kamala Harris's orbit among her staffers. And now she's not the only one. There's literally three other staffers on the comms team that have jumped ship at, at this point, right? And so um, there was this CNN article that came out um, a couple of, uh, probably about a month and a half ago, which I thought was very interesting. It was called, and I quote, exasperation and dysfunction inside Kamala Harris's frustrating start um, as vice president. So this is basically what CNN says. Um, Dozens of interviews with Democratic operatives, donors, and outside advisors reveal a complex reality inside the White House. This is um, CNN uh, propaganda news speak for um, it's a hot mess with in the uh, in Kamala Harris's office. Many in the vice president's circle fume that she's not being adequately prepared or positioned, and instead is being sidelined. Um, you know, she's struggling with the rocky relationship in some parts of the White House. Longtime supporters feel abandoned, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And what we're really dealing with here, and this is what a lot of people just will not say, and what is surprising to me is how untalented a politician Kamala Harris is for somebody who is literally a heartbeat away from the presidency right now. She is shockingly untalented as a politician. And we have seen the missteps from the very, very beginning. And just Look back to when she was running for president. She never got above, I think, 3% in polling. You know, she had to um, drop out. She, You know, her, um, her tagline was for the people. We were never entirely sure what people Kamala Harris was for. And, and so it, it's been a big disaster. And if you ask me, the, the primary issue with what's going on with Kamala Harris right now, <clears throat> and this is a lot of politicians, I will tell you guys, like left and right. Um, but more important, more particularly on the left, because, you know, Democratic politicians and these politicians on the left are are a lot. They're very interested in symbolism and they're very interested in, in what this means. And so they will pick, you know, oh, Ilan Omar is the, the, the Muslim congresswoman and, you know, Kamala Harris is the black girl and all of this other stuff. So they pick all of these identities, but they don't really focus on doing the job and, and, and doing policy. And that is why Kamala Harris has been such a disaster. Remember, when Joe Biden sent her uh, sent her to the southern border, um, or, or, or you know, um, 
pawned off this, the border crisis on Kamala Harris. She, is ne- she has not been to the southern border yet. But when he pawned that off on her, it was a complete disaster. Um, she had that weird uh, press conference with uh, the president in Guatemala. You know, there was this this talking point about root causes. I'm here to find the w- root causes of migration, root causes, root causes, root causes. And so this was a lot of gobbledygook that never really made any sense. And so this is my sense on the Kamala Harris thing. You have somebody that is not a talented politician, first of all. She is neither likable nor charismatic, okay? And this, it is not, I'm not, you know, bashing Kamala Harris. It is not racist or, 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 or sexist of me to say that she is just not a charismatic politician. Um, and so you have this person that is neither talented nor charismatic, um, that is not particularly talented and does not seem to be particularly interested in any concrete policy goals, um, you know, you had that example. She's been spending more time um, during this vice presidency doing photo ops. Remember when she hired those kids um, to pretend that they were science students and she did that video for YouTube. And, and of course, that didn't come from the White House. Um, there was reporting that found out that, you know, a local reporter interviewed one of these kids. And he was like, yeah, I'm an actor. And when I got the, the call that said that I got the job, I was so excited. And so she spent more of her time doing this. And, and so this is what's going on here with Kamala Harris. She is more focused on the optics and the PR than she is on actually doing the job. And that is a fatal flaw. And so when you have these people that have been shuffled up into these positions um, without having to really take an unpopular position or without having really to dig down into something, Kamala Harris is what you're getting. And now there is no way on God's green earth that she is going to be the Democrat nominee for president. And God knows she'll never be president of the United States. Um, And there's all this friction that has been reported between her and Biden's team. And this friction is coming from this woman is not only untouched, she is, it is this weird, fatal combination of shockingly untalented, kind of stupid, and insanely ambitious. And that is the craziest uh, combination that you can get from a politician. And trust me, you see it from a lot of these people. Because let me tell you something. Like, a lot of these people, like, these aren't the sharpest tools in the shed. But God knows that they just want power so badly. And so that's the combination that we have with Kamala Harris. And it is utterly failing. And I think that earlier on in, you know, in this administration when it first started, on the left, you know, they can use <clears throat> the racism and sexism excuse for, you know, a little bit. You know, they can get away with that for, for a while. And during the Obama years, they got away with that a lot because I think that during the Obama years, there was so much of the mainstream media that was completely in the tank for Obama. And obviously, Obama was a a, a much easier sort of empty suit to sell, right? So, you know, Obama's attractive. Obama has um, a very accomplished wife. He has these beautiful kids. Like, it's a great family. So that is easier to sell. And that makes people, particularly the Black people that are the Democratic constituency, that makes them more protective of whatever that candidate is, right? 
People are not protective of Kamala Harris. Um, Black people have always been a little wary of Kamala Harris. She has never really been um, this sort of sister girl um, thing that, that they wanted her to be, right? So what's going on right now is you have somebody that is not talented that is completely failing, right? And the friction that is between her and Biden's team is because they are well aware that this woman wants the top spot. And that's where that's coming from. And so the question is, number one, and this is a lot of conjecture right now, could Mayor Pete take her spot? Pete Buttigieg, right? And Pete Buttigieg, who is basically screwing up the supply chain right now. Remember, this is the Secretary of Transportation, right? Um, And the supply chain is completely screwed up right now. This is why there's so many things that are taking so long to get here. The buck should be stopping at him, but yet he's getting a pass on that, obviously, because the mainstream media is in the tank for him. And so there's even the speculation that Mayor Pete could either, um, you know, take, you know, her spot as vice president or that Kamala Harris could move to the top of the ticket and he could become vice president. And and so, look, um, a Kamala Harris beat Pete Buttigieg ticket may win president and VP at Oberlin, but it's not going to happen in America. Right. So so this is not going to happen. And. It is very interesting to me, and it's very telling and very obvious that the defections that are happening in Kamala Harris's team, like these people, this this thing is sinking faster than the Titanic. All of this stuff, like most of these people are communication staffers. So Kamala Harris and the people that are around her, and this is something that I see in being around certain politicians, like some of these politicians are so used to being surrounded by yes people, there's really not anybody that's going to give it to them straight. So the people that are around Kamala Harris, and perhaps Kamala Harris herself, are making making her think that this is just a communications issue, that we just haven't been able to package her um, enough to sell her to the American people. But it is not a communications issue. It's not a packaging issue. It's an incompetence issue. And so granted... Maybe being the first, you know, she's biracial, black, whatever, you call her black. Being the first black female vice president, okay, I will give you that she is in uncharted territory. I will give you that maybe there is some sliver of the population that will hate Kamala Harris because she's black and a woman and or woman or both, right? I think there's a small sliver of the population that will probably hate her no matter what. But that's not enough of the population um, that's really going to explain why she's failing so spectacularly. So look, um, these people are leaving the Kamala Harris campaign in her office like the Titanic is, uh, is, is sinking. It is a sinking ship. And I think that she's just going to continue to fail because like I said, and my take on this and, and my sort of analyzation of this and my commentary on this is that she's just not a talented pop, uh, politician. And my final thought on Kamala Harris is this was my final thought this episode. I'm sure we'll be talking a lot about Kamala Harris in the future. I would deign to think that more people would respect her for actually diving headfirst into something and making herself politically uncomfortable and perhaps even more politically unpopular and failing than to not take on any responsibilities um, 
wait for the PR campaign or the mainstream media to prop her up and then be, you know, angry that it's not. So she's not taking any chances. She's not taking ownership of anything. The American people see that this administration is failing in multiple different ways. And that is why um, she's failing in the White House. It's not a communications issue. It's not a PR issue. You know, it's not that she doesn't have enough covers of Marie Claire magazine or she just needs another Vogue spread. It's because she's just crappy at the job. All right, coming up, Jesse Smollett is on trial for the hate crime hopes that rocked America. And I'm going to give you all the tea right after the break. Oh, Jesse, Jesse, Jesse. Remember, <laughs> so Jesse Smollett, uh, in, or as Dave, um, Dave Chappelle likes to call him Juicy Smoothie, <laughs> is now on trial for the hate crime hoax that he terrorized America with um, a, a few years back. And just to, to give you some insight on what happened, to take you down a long trip, uh, a, a trip down memory lane, uh, Jesse Smollett claimed that he, <laughs> I'm sorry, Jesse Smollett claimed that he was, okay, this is the story, folks. I'm sorry, I can't keep, I can't stop laughing because it's just so hysterical. So this is a story that Jesse Smollett told everybody a couple of years ago. He was walking down the street in Chicago at 2 a.m. in the morning in death. It was like January, February. And he got accosted by these uh, white men in Make America Great Again hats. And they said, hey, ain't you that F word, N word from Empire? This is what they said to him, right? Allegedly. And they beat him up and they poured bleach on him and they put a noose around his neck. And so this was the story that Jesse Smollett was pushing to everybody. And now when this happened, like, guys, I know that the, the media, um, the media world moves so quickly nowadays. It's almost like every day is like every day is like an hour. It moves so quickly. But this was an absolute firestorm when it first came out. Um, Kamala Harris, our favorite Kamala Harris, said this is what she said on Twitter. And I quote, it was an attempted modern-day lynching. That's what Kamala Harris said on Twitter. Joe Biden said something about it. Everybody on the left said something about it. They said, oh, my God, this is what happens in Trump's America when you, when you are a black gay man that is only making $65,000 a week on Empire. He's so oppressed. Um so that's the story that Jesse Smollett was telling everybody. Obviously, the story fell apart um, fairly immediately. And, and, and you know, look, it, it was always off. It, it just, everything was off. And I remember, because, you know, I've been doing this commentary stuff, and I've been doing these Facebook videos and online videos and stuff for a long time. And I just remember, and this was before, you know, I had a podcast, before I was doing Fox News, any anything like that, honestly. Um or after I was doing Fox, before I had the podcast and all that stuff, I just remember doing a video and putting on my Instagram, like, this, um, if this really happened, my heart goes out to him, but this sounds deeply fishy. Well, surprise, surprise, it was fishy. The whole thing was a hoax. He hired these two brothers that were personal trainers that he had known from the Empire set to do this. 
you know, um, he, he was trying to, he, I think, had concocted a story. This is according to the Post reporting that, and, and we don't know if he mailed himself this letter, but he probably did. But he got a letter um, with, with um, you know, racial epithets in it, hom- homophobic epithets in it, um, addressed to him, you know, like on the set of Empire. And he brought this to the studio and apparently they were just like, whatever. And he was angry that they weren't taking it seriously enough. So he decided to, um, he decided to have this, uh, this whole hate crime thing happen, right? So this is where we're at right now. So now he is on trial for this. They try to get out of the trial. He is still to this day has not admitted that he made this whole thing up. Um, and so what I want to play for you right now, this is, um, a a clip from the daily mail, which is actually, actually on it. So the daily mail TV, um, did a little segment on this and there was some stuff that I did not even realize was out there about what's going on in this whole case. Apparently, um, there's this footage of him with, um, there's body cam footage from the police officers. When the police officers came that night, this idiot still had the noose on his, on his neck. And they're like, do you want to take that off? And he's like, oh, yeah, I just wanted you to see it. Okay, so listen to this. This is um, the this is the uh, the Daily Mail TV. Stunning never before seen images from the night Empire star Jesse Smollett claims he was attacked. Chicago police have released 69 hours of video from Smollett's hate crime investigation, including footage of the actor with a noose around his neck. Cops are also releasing video of the two men who were allegedly paid to carry out the assault arriving at the scene of the crime. So why is this all coming out now? And will Smollett face new charges? Jesse Smollett's creative director, Frank Gatson, ushers officers into the actor's home. Smollett still has the noose around his neck. Police body cam shows Smollett remove the rope. Moments later, he asks cops to turn off their body cameras. Cops say Smollett paid Abel and Ola Osindaro $3,500 to stage the attack. Four days before the assault, Smollett texted Abel, might need your help on the low. You were around to meet up and talk face to face. Then on January 29th at 1.22 a.m., the brothers took a taxi to the scene of the crime. How much do I owe? $9.25. The men wore hoods covering most of their faces. Cops also released surveillance video of the men running from the scene, then walking down the street. Two weeks later, the brothers were arrested on the tarmac at Chicago's O'Hare Airport. They were questioned for hours. The videos are all part of a trove of evidence that cops say proves the attack was all a hoax. This mountain of evidence was all released as a result of a Freedom of Information Act request. Ultimately, the investigative agencies were forced to turn it over to the public. Okay, so look, that that and you know, that piece from the Daily Mail is actually you know, I, I think that it's the some of the best reporting I've seen on this. But look, this is the thing. This is the thing. This is Okay, so I'm going to speculate a little bit here, and this is pure speculation. The this okay, so when you know how media works, and you know how these Democrats work, and you know how um, things go up the chain, the rate of time with which 
he came out with this this statement that said that he that this had happened to him on Twitter. Then every like Kamala Harris and Joe Biden and everybody black liberal on the left. Oh my God, this is Trump's America. All this stuff. So that happens. And then he goes on Good Morning America with Robin Roberts that gives him a platform to basically lie again. And then the whole thing falls apart. So look, my speculation is this, and this is pure speculation. I do not have any inside information. This is pure speculation. I don't know that this was just about um, him getting more money for Empire, becoming more famous. I think that he was colluding with Democratic operatives. I really do. I think that he was colluding with Democratic operatives. I think that they told him, like, you know, you do this, we will take care of you. I think that's what happened. And honestly, you know, he's seeing what happens when you are used by these people. You're used and abused. And have we heard anything from Kamala Harris? No, like Jesse Smollett, his his career's over. I mean, he's not going to do anything else. Um, And this is what Jesse Smollett, Jesse Smollett could star in a movie, direct the movie, and win pictures, win Oscars for best picture, best actor, best screenplay. He could win all the Oscars in the world. And when, like, literally, this is the thing that he will be remembered for in perpetuity, like for the rest of his life, right? And so I think that he was used by Democrat operatives. And I think that they tossed him to the side. That is honestly what I think is happening here. And the... in a certain aspect, it's like I almost feel sorry for him because number one, Hollywood actors are stupid. First of all, they're just not smart. If you've ever known any, like the actors are not smart. I don't know why people think that actors are, I, they're just not smart. And this particularly, and especially people that have been acting since they're kids, like they're dumb. Um, but when I first went out to say that, and when I said that this sounds very suspicious and all this stuff, you guys would not believe the pushback that I got from, you know, the LGBTQ community and all this other stuff. So this idea is because Jesse Smollett's a gay black dude and I'm a gay black dude. I'm just supposed to like what? I don't know. I'm just supposed to like check my brain out. Um, I'm supposed to just pretend that I'm stupid and that I believe this or now that I know it's false and everybody knows it's false, we're not supposed to say anything. Um, you know, it's absurd. And so look, is Jesse Smollett going to go to jail? He's not going to go to jail. Um, he's probably going to get, you know, a fine and some more community service and all that. But this stuff is humiliating. And I think that the scariest thing about this whole Jesse trial is what if like this whole thing didn't fall apart? What if it was actually successful? And what if people were actually were actually, you know, able to to think that this happened? Because look, if he was a little smarter about this, and like I said, Hollywood actors are not smart, if they could have found two white Trump supporters to whoop his ass and paid them off and be like, you know, we're going to pay you off. Like, we're going to protect you. We've got the core systems. Like, we'll be good. You know, you do a bid. Like, do this. You do a bid. We'll pay you all of these thousands of dollars to sign a non-disclosure, blah, blah, blah. If they would have done it like this, I'm telling you guys, it would have ha- like it, it would have gone off without a hitch. Everybody would have believed it. But thank God for the idiocy of Hollywood actors, you know, especially one that hired two Nigerian brothers to fake a Trump supporting hate crime against him. Oh God. 
God bless Juicy, because my goodness, you know, he got looks and a voice, but, you know, he didn't get very many brains from the man upstairs. All right, well, if you need any new vacation plans, you can now legally and with supervision smoke crack in New York City. More on that after the break. Okay, so now, problematics. You know, I don't know if you were, um, you know, thinking about a, a, a holiday trip this season, but if you go to New York City, you can now just go ahead and smoke crack and inject heroin uh, with the full support of New York City Mayor de Blasio at what he is calling safe injection sites in New York City. This is crazy. But and I'm going to get into this. But first, let me just talk a little bit about de Blasio and a little bit about New York City. I love New York City. I will always love New York City. New York City will always have a special place in my heart. The the hustle of New York City, the access of New York City, what it is really just cannot be described. And I lived there for over a decade. It'll always have a place in my heart. Bill de Blasio has set about destroying the city. That man has destroyed the city. That man has made the city filthier. He has made it more dangerous. He has made the subways dirtier. He has made the MTA even more awful than it already was. He has just done a really, really, really bad job. And and Bill de Blasio is the sort of patron saint of what not to do when you're electing a mayor. And, And this is what happens when you get these leftist nightmares like the Blasio to run a city. They literally run it directly into the ground, right? And so that is what de Blasio has done. So let me get into this New York Post story, right? Oh no, not the one about the mugger that hit somebody in the head with a brick um, to pick his pockets. Not that one. Oh, not the one about Bradley Cooper getting, uh, the actor Bradley Cooper getting held up at knife point in the New York City subway. Not that one. No, uh, we're talking about uh, this one, the uh, New York City, you know, hosting and starting up their safe injection sites, right? So this is what is happening right now. And like I said, this is from the Post, and I just want to read you what they, you know, what they had to say about this. And, and you know, the title is literally "Smoking Crack Cocaine Sanctioned at NYC's Safe Injection Sites Driving Business Away." Um, so this is what the site director said to the Post. People are allowed to bring the substance that they prefer to use here, and they are permitted to consume the substance in the manner of their choice. This is their East Harlem site coordinator, right? And I'm looking at this this uh, picture on the post, and I know exactly where that place is. If you go to New York City and you're in East Harlem, there is a very, very, very sketchy five-block radius between 120th and 125th on Lexington Avenue, I believe. Like, it's, I I will not go there after, I just won't do it. Um, I won't go there after dark. It's creepy during the daytime. There's a lot of, there's a methadone clinic there. There's just a lot of druggies. There's just a lot of people um, that are kind of hanging out there. But now they're going to be hanging out smoking crack cocaine. And this is the thing about, and, and, what a lot of these progressives and a lot of these, you know, leftist people do is they say, oh, well, you know, um, this is about making drug use. Um, they want to call it, you know, we want to destigmatize it. Okay. So how about this, Bill de Blasio? 
and these are the leftists, right? These are the ones that that all that the black and Latino people um, elect, right? These are the ones they're always like, Republicans are racist. We're here for you, black and Latino people, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So why is the safe injection site in the dangerous, weird, kind of creepy black and Latino neighborhood that it's in East Harlem? Because I don't, I don't care what anybody has to say. Like I've been in those streets and it's a very strange place to live. So why is that safe injection site in East Harlem, as opposed to, say, the West Village, as opposed to, say, Fifth Avenue? We all know the answer to that, right? Because there's, you know, there's more money um, in those other places. So when there's not money in these places, they stick them in those neighborhoods, right? And so that's what we're dealing with here. And so they never think about the degradation to these neighborhoods. And... And literally, so in both of these are in Upper Manhattan. You know, none of these are downtown. Oh, it's um in the other. The second one is in Washington Heights, right? And so this is what a shop owner had to say. This is somebody who you know is running a small business that just so happens to be, unfortunately, by one of these quote unquote safe injection sites. He says. Now they're going to promote the drugs and people don't have to worry if they get sick or they're going to die because they're going to have medical people that are going to take care of them so that they don't overdose and die so that they can do their drugs again tomorrow. And so that's what, you know, this is really all about. And this is a woman they talked to in East Harlem that said she opposed the site in East Harlem. She said this, some people argue that drugs shouldn't be stigmatized. I disagree. The mentality needs to be that drugs are evil, drugs are criminal, drugs will kill you, not drugs are okay if used in a controlled environment. And so look, uh, Camila Casto has about the biggest shock of common sense um, I have heard today, probably that anybody has heard before, because this is common sense. And what the progressives and what the left, and you know what? I should stop calling them progressives. I believe that they are regressive. These things are regressive. They are not progressive. They are not helping anybody out. These are very regressive things. And so they go so far in one direction, they are off the cliff. We have an opioid epidemic in this country. We have, like, I'm, I'm a gay guy. There's um, people, there's this huge, like, crystal meth issue um, in the gay community, like, Drugs are dangerous. Drugs are scary. Drugs are stupid. Drugs will kill you and ruin your life. I don't know why saying these things out loud is now a conservative take on this. Uh, I didn't know that there was a conservative or liberal take on heroin injection, but apparently now there is. And it is just this complete loss um, of common sense. It is this complete loss of any practicality when it comes to how these people are directing policy in, in New York City and in other cities, by the way, because this is not just New York City. Um, this is San Francisco, who, by the way, some there is a major company um, that now may pull their conference out of San Francisco because San Francisco is so dirty and gross and dangerous. I went to San Francisco one time about, what, six years ago? It's the most disgusting place I've ever been in my life. I My rule is I do not go to San Francisco unless there's a check involved. I will not. It was disgusting. And it was dangerous. And it was scary. And it's also super expensive. So I don't really entirely know how that works. 
But what you are seeing with this safe injection site in New York, what you're seeing with this defund the police stuff, with the, what you're seeing with all of this stuff, and this is in every major city. God, this is in New York. This is in San Francisco. These are cities, Detroit. These are Philly. This is everywhere. And so the bottom line is this. These cities will continue to get more dangerous. These cities will continue to get worse. These cities will continue um, to become uninhabitable to people until the people that vote in these cities, that keep on voting these maniacs in, and keep on voting for this, by the way, because when you vote for Bill de Blasio in New York City, you're voting for a safe injection site where people can literally shoot up heroin, by the way, um, under the supervision of people that are paid for with your tax dollars. When you hire these people in these communities, you are, when you elect these people, you are electing defund the police. You are electing um, no cash bail reform. You are electing all of the things that are making these cities more dangerous and dirtier and smellier and just plain grosser. And the people that are enacting these policies, you think Bill de Blasio lives on East 126th Street? Do you think any of these people that are advocating for defunding the police, um, do you think any of them do not travel without private security? And so look, if you live in a major city and you are voting for these people, it is your fault. So if you live in one of these cities, stop voting for these people. And I wonder just how bad these cities have to get before people get fed up and start electing Republicans. And I'm telling you, because these cities cannot stand to see any more of this stuff. And if you are voting for these people, if you're a liberal problematic and you listen to me or you follow me and you are voting for these people because it makes you feel good in your heart to vote for them because they are saying the right things, you need to get real. Because the same things that you're voting for right now are the same things that are going to be chasing you out of these cities in a couple of years. Before we go, I want to thank my fellow problematics so much for listening. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review and rate us with five stars on Apple Podcasts. And to hear more of my episodes and to get my weekly newsletter, go to Gingrich360.com slash Rob. You can also find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Rob Smith Online. Special thanks to our producer, Robert Borowski, researcher Aaron Kliegman, and executive producers, Debbie Myers and speaker Newt Gingrich, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. Part of the Gingrich 360 Network.